Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the week two edition of the Fields of Fantasy podcast. You boys from CH Fantasy Football, Pestle and Ed are here. Welcome in, Ed. How are you? Not very well. Not very well? No. Why not very well? Because the Bengals were rubbish. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. What was the score? Oh, I don't want to talk about it, really. But... Well, we're in a fantasy football show. We might have to mention it at some point. Oh, okay then. Yeah, yeah. the Bengals made their standard pathetic start, so things can only get better. Shall I be positive? Yeah. Yeah. Throw some D-ream on it. Yeah, we're, we're, we've got an easy game on next up, so we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, what the main thing is we still don't really know anything at this stage. Correct. There are teams that looked awful on that first weekend that will be clear contenders by the end of the season. There are teams that look formidable that will blend into obscurity as the season goes on as well. So this is overreaction week. Uh, so we are here to overreact with you about the impact on our fancy teams. The only things I'm really thinking we can take away is that it looks like the 49ers are still going to be formidable on offense and it looks like the Cowboys are going to be ridiculous again on defense. And can I throw something else into the mix? I think we can safely predict that Kateri Estoni will still be rubbish. Old concrete hands. I mean, we thought he was going to be the low point of the whole of the weekend's football, but this is a week absolutely laden with negativity, unfortunately. Oh, there are some spectacularly bad performances. So this week, week one, there were only 62 touchdowns. Um, I think, if I remember right, it was 78 last year and 83 the year before. That uh, stat that I read somewhere. So it was a very low-scoring start to the week. But we spoke about this just before coming on air. The the lack of veteran star players taking part in the preseason, they're going to be rusty. Yeah, I mean, my quick maths tells me that's that's less than one touchdown a quarter, which isn't great. That is, is some absolutely banging maths. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, things will get better. It, it was it, defenses were on top, but that's that's fully expected. What I am very, very pleased about, though, is out of my top 14 leagues, we have such fancy degenerates, we have so many leagues, we have to organise them by priority on Sleeper. My top 14 that I really focus on, I won 10, which I'm quite happy with. You had an even more successful week. Well, I think, yeah, I think nine of my first 10 I won, and I won quite a few best balls. It won't, it won't carry on, but uh, I can bask in the glory of week one success. So we are here then as your one-stop fantasy fix for the week, crew. We're going to have a little bit of a look back on last week. Unfortunately, we've got some injuries to discuss we're recording this on Tuesday, so we've not seen the highlights of the Jets-Bills game. Obviously, we've heard the, the sad news come out. Regardless of what you think about Aaron Rodgers, it is sad news, isn't it? There's season-ending injury. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted for, for the Jets. I mean, when I woke up this morning, the first highlight I saw was Gibson's punt return. And obviously, I was delighted after watching Hard Knocks. But yeah, then I saw, I was like, Roger, why did Rodgers not play? Oh, he did. Oh, he's torn his Achilles. Is it confirmed at this point? He's definitely out for the season. Well, I think based on the fact that Salah said it's not looking good and they, they try and be hopeful, don't they, coaches? I mean, if he's saying early doors, it doesn't look good. I mean, that is not promising. No. But we'll talk about some injuries, what I'm particularly sad about as well. We have a little bit of a look yeah. back at the weekend. Our Heroes and Zeros features coming up. A little bit of a look forward as well. Some waiver tips. And a couple of other little features as well. So shall we get stuck in, Ed, with our first new feature for the first time this year, looking at some fantasy heroes. I'm very excited. We have given ourselves one minute of the most delightful backing music to go through some heroes on the week. So are you ready, Ed, to discuss some of our highlights? I don't think there'll be time for discussion, Mark, but I'm ready to tell you all about my selections. Fantasy Heroes. Tyreek Hill, you are still the man. 11 receptions, 250 yards, two touchdowns, and 44.5 points. 
Who said the race for 2,000 yards is just between JJ and Chase? RB1 was Aaron Jones. He dominated with just 47% of the snaps, 26.7 points. To paraphrase Jimmy Johnson, how about them Cowboys? On defense, 40 points for Parsons and co. Who had Kyron Williams as RB9? Not me. He got 17.4 points and was the lead back over Cam Akers. Brandon Ayuk, you are Brock Purdy's guy. And picks in round six, the stuff flex picks are made of. It wasn't a great weekend for tight ends, but Hunter Henry was tight end one. He got a touchdown and he played more snaps than Mike Gazicki, who was expected to take over. 16.6 points. And a rookie QB's best friend is his tight end, Hayden Hurst. You are Bryce Young's best friend. An hour, tight end two on the week. I am worn out. I, quite, I feel like I've done a workout. Are you ready to go again? Let me take a big deep breath. Let's get negative because, Malcolm, who's next? Fantasy Zeros. Time to cover your ears, Mark. It's Danny Dimes, QB26. He threw two interceptions and ended up with just 4.46 points. The reports of Antonio Gibbs' expanded roll are greatly exaggerated. Three attempts, one target, 0.9 points. Nope. It's time to cover my ears, Joey Burrow, his worst game in professional football, I'm not saying anything else. Welcome to the show, Drake the Fake London. One target, no receptions, no yards, no points. Who was wide receiver 66? It was Terry McLaurin. It was a scary week for those who had him on his team. He got just 5.1 points. We big the breakout candidate, but this week, Chigosium Oconk, no points. I think we just about fit all of that in. Yeah, uh, zeros felt like a little bit quicker, Mark, I'll be honest. They did. We have 10 seconds less on that, and there's a ah. lot of zeros to get through this week. I mean, we could keep going on and on and on. There's a lot of players that let people down this week. There, are, there are, I could have done a section on just the Bengals. I mean, we're going to be having a look next at some of the injuries and then our sits and starts. But I think the one thing to remember is don't overreact to week one. If you've drafted those players, stick with them. Don't start moving away from that now. Let's see how it shakes out. I've got a sneaky suspicion Joe Burrow might not be that rubbish all year. No, he's going to be rusty, but historically, the Bengals match up terribly against the Browns. We've got an awful record. We've got, I hate to say it to you, Mark, we've got a better recent record against the Ravens, and we match up well against the Ravens. So uh, I think his ego, I mean, it must have been the money weighing him down, but his ego <laughs> is going to want him to have a better game. So I'd be amazed if he didn't have a better game this week. I was so disappointed with Drake London, though. One target, no receptions. The only thing I can think of that's worse than that is imagine if you had, like, Eight targets and no receptions. Just imagine that. I can't think of when that might have happened. Yes, T. Higgins. I mean, some of the, I, I was watching bits of it, and some of the throws that Burrow threw were poor. But yeah, Higgins had a bad game, and he might be a concern this year. The rumours are that he's not getting a contract, or he's been offered a contract that he's not happy with. So this could be his last year. He'll be looking to go elsewhere. Will he protect himself from injury? Something else I relearned this weekend, though, is how completely pointless. It is looking at your projected win percentage on sleeper. At one point, games I was 30% chance. I won comfortably. So yeah, ignore sleeper. To be honest, if I could resist it, I'd just look at the end of the weekend's fixtures. But it's not quite as fun, is it? You want to tease yourself. Exactly. What we're going to look at now then is some of our sits of the week. But first, we'll have a quick rundown of the injuries. I mean, first up, well, genuinely, I am still gutted by this. J.K. Dobbins out for the season. He was having such a good game 
uh, before that injury. Looks like he's, at the time of recording this, he's waiting on his MRI scan, I think still, but it looks like that Achilles has been ruptured, so he will be out for the season. Contract year is such a shame for the. Uh, for it's the just desperately sad for the for the bloke, you know. For uh, by all accounts, you tell me he's a good bloke, works hard. He's worked hard to come back from his latest injury, and then it was a bit of a freak one, wasn't it? I mean, he's also had three targets, and he was getting goal line work as well. He was looking like a steal for fantasy, and say fantasy is not relevant really when you're looking at this impact on his career. But that's what we're here to discuss. So that's where we're going to focus. Aaron Rodgers, let's say, it looks like he's out for the season as well. So we'll talk about some potential. Candidates you might want to pick up from the waiver wire to help you at QB. Also, at the time, Greg Dulcich, he left with a leg injury. We're not sure whether he'll be available week two. Jacoby Myers was having a really good game for the Raiders and then left with a concussion. We'll see how that concussion protocol shakes out. Pat Frymouth left with a chest injury for the Steelers and Deontay Johnson as well uh, left with a hamstring injury. We know how those hamstring injuries can really hamper a wide receiver in particular. And Tyler Lockett also left with a concussion. So some players just to keep an eye on, some players you may need to be looking to move away from and using the waiver wire for. From a selfish point of view, what's the latest on Andrews? Is he going to be fit again this weekend? It looks like Andrews will be back. Um, But you've also got uh, old Zay Joystick Flowers to worry about as well, who we will be talking about soon. A little bit of spoiler for the starts of the week. Shall we get on, though, with... Seats of the Week. So first counts I want to look at for Seats of the Week. I mentioned them last week, and I want to double down. Swift and Penny look to be a long way behind Kenneth Gainwell at the minute for the Eagles running back committee. I'd also stay away from the whole Cardinals offence under Dobbs. I mean, you could play James Conner at a pinch, but I think this week the Giants have just been absolutely humiliated on national television. I think they're going to be coming back and their defence can be feisty when they get the bit between their teeth. Tyler Higby as well, we spoke about him as a Real start candidate last week with the receiving work for the Rams being up for grabs, but he didn't get it. Very surprised at that. Yeah, I think I needed him in one of my leagues to get a, like maybe a dozen points and he ended up with six or seven, so he let me down a little bit and I was surprised. So Pukunakua and Tutu Atwell, who could both have been comfortable in that heroes conversation as well, they took all the plaudits. But also the Rams have got 49ers this week who are exceptional against the tight end position and have been for a long time. So looking at the fact that they held Pat Fryermuth to one reception for three yards, yes, it was a touchdown as well, but I don't think Higby is going to be worth playing this week. Who are you looking at for your sits? Mine comes from exactly the same game. Um, I'm looking at Van Jefferson. The first week he had a really high snap percentage. He was involved in 93% of the snaps, which is something Van Jefferson's not used to. He only managed four or five receptions for 24 yards uh, for 6.4 points. Uh, And it was very much Nakua who took a lot of the work, wasn't it? And as you've already said, it's a very tough match against the 49ers and I don't see Van Jefferson doing anything at all. I've got a feeling we may be revisiting that game when it comes to our waiver pickups as well. Alongside all that, and say, do keep an eye on those injuries, keep an eye on that pre-game news. It's, it's really important to have those options to move away from. And the waiver wire earlier in the week is a time just to have a quick check of your bench and make sure you've got players that can cover each position should you need it come match day. Should we be a bit more positive though now? Yeah, I like the starts. I think it's I think it's arguably harder to find the starts because you're looking like deep down beyond the obvious, aren't you, sometimes? Whereas I think the sits maybe you look at a defence and think who might struggle. So, so yeah, I think the starts are a bit more difficult and I like discovering them. Let's get stuck in. Malcolm. Starts of the week. The one thing we do need to remember here as well is we are only dealing at the moment with last year's data and one week of data. 
So a lot of this is still speculative. Some of the players we look at from this point of view are players that have probably backed up what we already thought about them coming into the season. So they're not players that are completely out of nowhere. But players we were waiting to see which way they kind of went. Brees Hall, we said, is one to keep an eye on. I mean, he looked absolutely solid on his 10 carries uh, by all accounts last night. Brandon Ayuk, it was a lot of talk about him being Purdy's trusted guy last season and then in the preseason. I mean, that looks absolutely <laughs> locked mean, in as a connection, really doesn't look, it? Yeah. And Anthony Richardson, we said last week how we wanted to wait to see what would happen. To be honest, with some of the poorer QB performances this week, you may as well just unlock him at this point and, and just see what happens. He made us look a little bit stupid, didn't he? Because he, he, he looked very solid. I mean, I would probably say in that situation, if you are looking like you've got a really tight game, when you're looking at score projections, absolutely take the gamble on Richardson. If you're looking comfortable, I don't know. Richardson looks to be the real deal from a fantasy point of view, definitely. But still kind of just have a look at who else you've got available to you. David Montgomery is a player I'm really happy to have as a starter of the week this week. The Lions running back 21 touches to Gibbs's nine. Now, based on workload, I think Monty is a must start until he's not, because at some point that workload will shift. But he's such a different back to Gibbs, isn't he? Oh, they're completely different players. Uh, who have the Lions got this week? I mean, does that, does that come into it? Yeah, the Seahawks. So, I mean, it's not going to be an easy fixture for them, but... I mean, like we said before, when the Lions are all in on someone, they are all in on someone. And you look at the run game, they're going to absolutely fly, I think. And I'm going to mention another Lions player later on when it comes to our waves as well. Anyone you want to mention before I get to the main event? Uh, yeah, I think Darnell Mooney had a great week for the, for the Bears. He had, you know, I think you call it a solid week one. He got four receptions, 53 yards and a touchdown. I just wonder whether the arrival of DJ Moore will actually free up Mooney a little bit as, as DJ Moore gets the attention. So they've also got a good matchup against the Bucks this week, the Bears. So I think if you've got Darnell Mooney lurking on a bench, he, he might be someone to promote up to a flex spot. Now, a player I really enjoyed watching at the weekend and a sort of player I've just not seen being a Ravens fan, and that is Zay Flowers. 10 targets, 9 receptions. My one concern about Zay Flowers from his heart Boston was the safety of his hands, but everything came near and he was grabbing. Now, looking at the target share, Bateman got 3 targets and OBJ also got 3 targets. My one concern is once Andrews is back, he's going to operate in a similar area to the field where Zay Flowers got a lot of his work, but there were some plays that looked clearly designed for Zay Flowers, but the man is ridiculous. That change of direction... Mm was absolutely phenomenal. Say, so I've just not seen that as a Ravens fan. Um, yep. Are you looking forward to facing him this week? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't fear any offence, really, because I do think that the Bengals' defence is underrated and we've got a great secondary especially. So, so I think it'll be a good test. It'll sort of for him as well yep. against a much better secondary than the Texans. So, so, yeah, it should be. I'm really looking forward to the game. You know, hopefully Bengals have been given the kick up the backside that they need. Ravens are always a top team. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So this is obviously quite early in the week we're recording still. Keep an eye on that news as it emerges, especially around some of their injuries. I mean, Zay Flowers, if you've got him, he's going to be a fantastic flex option, especially if Mark Andrews does still miss time. I'm hoping that doesn't happen because I picked up Isaiah Likely everywhere on Sunday morning and I got 1.4 points for my, for my troubles. I, I did notice uh, that you picked up Likely in a lot of places. Yeah, I think I spent a lot more time picking up likely than he paid me for the points on there. <laughs> but I will I will accept it because of how good Mr. Flowers was. 
Would you like to do some learning? I'm, uh, well, every day's a school day, so they say, Mark. Let's crack on then, Malcolm. Fantasy Basics. Before we get stuck into our question, though, last week's question came from a Mr. Liam Stokes of Stateside Sports fame. Malcolm, what do we have to say about the boys from Stateside? Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players. So why not assemble your roster at home with some help from Stateside Sports? With over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now, Stateside Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. Collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now. And this week's question is from Mr. Nathaniel Brennan on Twitter. Why stream defenses rather than draft a good one? How do you select who to stream? An excellent question, Mr. Brennan. From my point of view on this, I think there's three different ways to go about it. And we'll see if you agree with me as much as you did last weekend. (laughs) In season, just watch weeks one to four, see who looks good, try to get that team locked in. I was extremely fortunate with this a few years ago with the the mythical Patriots defense, uh, where they went on to, I think, be like one of the the top fancy pickups across every position, weren't they? And I can remember just looking around week three, maybe, where they had a couple of really big scoring weeks. I thought, well, they're available in quite a few places. I was then locked in with a, a weak winning defense every single week. The other option is just use the projections on Sleeper. Just look at those points and go for something on there. But I like to use that as a complement to my third choice. And this is something I started doing a lot more last year while we're recording Sunday Night Bet Club. And that's look at the betting data, particularly for low over-under projections. So the over-under is to do with that projected total scoreline. If you have a game that's projected for a low total point score, by default, the defence is obviously going to have a relatively good game. Combine that looking at the spread. So the spread is a handicap essentially of if you take this many points off this team, will they still win or not? So for example, this week, Colts at Texans have an over-under of 40, which is relatively low, 20 points each, but the spread is only minus 0.15 or plus 1.5. So that means that if you were to take 1.5 points off the Texans, you're looking at around a 50-50 chance to win based on odds of the betting. So actually what's far more appealing is when you look at games like the Giants at the Cardinals, which has an over-under of 38.5, and the Giants have a spread of minus 4.5, which means the Cardinals are projected to get approximately 15 points, which means the Giants' defence are projected to have a pretty good game. Alongside that, Commanders and Broncos, over-under of 39.5, with a spread of minus 3.5, means the Commanders are projected around 16 points. So the Broncos are looking like they will be a solid defensive pickup as well this week. So this week, my main target, a little spoiler for waivers tomorrow, Ed, uh, the Giants projected for 9.5 fancy points on Sleeper, and they're only rostered in 11% of leagues. So that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. Where do you sit with that? Somewhere along those lines, to be honest. I think I'll give an example from this week before week one. I hadn't taken defences in any of my redraft leagues. So I went on and I looked who was available. I was pretty amazed that in a lot of leagues, I managed to pick up the commanders because I think they're, they're, they're going to be a really good defence this year. But you get the likes of Cowboys have gone, Eagles have gone. And there is that option if you want to get an absolutely elite defence when drafting. The thing is, I think with defences, unlike your top tier skill positions, you're not absolutely guaranteed 
that they're going to do well, uh, I I would say. So I would rather, for example, if you see someone taking a defence in a round 10, I'd rather at that stage have more depth from my running backs or wide receivers. So I just don't think there's value in doing that. When you can do what I've done, which is go on and pick up teams like the Commanders, or I suppose it takes a little bit of effort like you've done, you know, to go and look at the spread, to look at the betting odds. But if you're a bit more dipping in and out of fantasy and not not able to give it the time, I think maybe just to get a defence in the tank maybe makes more sense. But if you're prepared to put a few minutes into it, I think you can do it on a weekly basis. The only place I did take a defence relatively early when we were drafting was in our Money Keeper League, where I'd done lots of trading last year when I abandoned my roster last year, essentially. And I'd got three bonus draft picks in the first five rounds. So when we were getting to those mid to late rounds, I mean, you laughed at me because I lived the dream and I picked Justin Tucker up, (laughs) uh, picked a kicker in the draft. But then on the turn back, I thought I'm going to get the best available defence there. And I picked up the Cowboys. So that gave me a win this week. You've got a higher probability of those teams giving you the massive weeks. But as you say, in a normal redraft league, there's, I don't personally think there's much point to it. You may as well stream it. Uh, but you're right, it's down to time. If you can't bother, you don't have the time to do that, and then by all means, draft them in the first place. Speaking from pickups from the waiver wire, though, for the first time this season... Fire from the wire. So fire from the wire, at this stage of the season, you are really going to be looking to cover for injuries more than anything or players that have an absolute phenomenal breakout. Realistically, you're going to be wanting to stick with the players you drafted still by the time of week two, but that's not always possible. So for any owners of J.K. Dobbins, you are now looking to unfortunately just drop him. There's no, He's not coming back this season. There's no point hanging on to him and look for other running backs. Obvious places to look, Justice Hill, who is rostered in... 0% of standard redraft leagues. I mean, it will be rostered somewhere, but rounded down that 0%. Wow. I mean, I thought it would be like 2 or 3%, but... I mean, the one thing I would say, caution with Justice Hill, I think his actual scoreline was quite flattering. He had eight attempts for nine yards and two touchdowns. Yes, he looks like he might get the goal line work, but he's not about to score you 30 touchdowns this season. That's not going to happen. I would much rather, if I wanted to stick with the Ravens, go for Gus Edwards, who has always had an absolutely solid yards per attempt. He looks like he will be the key player, at least initially for the Ravens. You may also want to pivot away. I said after news of the injury, I'm expecting talk of a potential Jonathan Taylor trade to be at least spoken about a lot on social media. The players you highlighted in return, though, are players that are worth probably stashing if you've got space on the bench. Who was that? Uh, Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette. I think they're maybe a bit more realistic, Mark. <laughs> I know, but I don't. I can't get excited about Kareem Hunt. I've got a real worrying feeling I'm going to have to cheer that man on at some point in the season. So I'm hoping something different happens. But yeah, worth a potential stash. Puka Nakua. Currently rostered in 5% of leagues, the Rams wide receiver, who could have been a hero, as you said earlier, 39.4% target share. And he was the answer to our question last week, who gets the Rams targets? Alongside that, obviously, we can look at Tutu Atwell as well. He had a really good outing. Not Van Jefferson, who we kind of spoken about as being a possible option, but also a player that I've been quite high on during the offseason, Mr. Cam Akers. Kyron Williams is actually the RB1 at the Rams, it seems, and he's only rostered in 6% of leagues. So you've got a few options there you could look to fill flex spots with. Uh, anyone you want to mention before I get on to my big two? 
Yeah, just have a, if you look a little bit further down, someone who's surprisingly rostered in 57% of leagues, and that's somebody we've talked about as we expected to still get a decent workload, and that's Tyler Algier. I'm trying to get him everywhere. I mean, he surprised us all as he dominated the rush game and put up 24.4 points. Clearly, he's going to get work alongside Bijan, isn't he? And I think they're going to be a great one-two punch. So if you've got Tyler Algier available, I'd advise you to get, get him before I do. What are you aiming for fab-wise with someone like Algier? Well, I, I, like you say, the thing is, I've got a couple of leagues with Dobbins in and there's um, a few leagues where I think he would be a good backup to put on my bench and consider as a flex spot. So I'm, I'm not going to go all in on Algier. I might go in like maybe... No, wait a minute. Are, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I nearly did it. I nearly, oh, I, nearly, so close. I, I nearly fell for it. I nearly fell for it. Um, I, I'll keep that to myself, Mark. Someone I'm looking at, I think I will be going for instead of Algier, unless I've already got this guy. And that's someone I was targeting quite heavily later in drafts. And so I'm genuinely surprised how surprised people are that he was the running back one on his roster. And that's Kenneth Gainwell. There was a talk all the way through camp was that he was taking the majority of the RB1 snaps. We've spoken about him previously as being a player who may be well worth that, that gamble. He's a player I spoke about the reason... I was sitting Swift and Penny. He's a clear RB1. 14 attempts and four receptions for the Eagles. No, it wasn't a huge score, but he's clearly going to get the work. I mean, Rashad Penny was a healthy inactive. Swift was poor. And I think he's a great RB flex option. And someone who's potentially going to give you solid RB2 returns. And there's going to be a couple of RB1 weeks in there this season, I think, as well. And finally, a player we've mentioned quite a lot during the off-season as well, and we're watching him last week and maybe wish I'd taken our own advice a bit more. Rashid Shahid, despite fighting for receptions against Alave and Michael Thomas, he had five receptions zone for 89 yards and a touchdown, 14.83 yards per catch. He's only rostered in 13% of leagues. He also got some rushing work. He got two rushing attempts as well. Once again, another great flex option, I think, with some serious wide receiver two upside on there as well. Last bit of our waiver tips then is something we've had to add in just this morning. So I wasn't going to spend too much time talking about quarterbacks because you're not going to be replacing your drafted quarterback this early in the season. But unfortunately, that injury to Aaron Rodgers means that teams will be out there looking for backup quarterbacks. So potential acquisitions you could make. How many leagues is Tua Tungavailoa rostered in, Ed? You'd think about 85, 90%. 90.8%, which is say where's gone, but I thought that would have been higher. Yeah, uh, every much league. higher. So yeah. one in ten leagues, two is available. After what we saw last week, pick him up. Deshaun Watson pays me to say it, it was only rusted 91% of the league, so potentially available. And but Anthony Richardson. Can I just say Deshaun Watson was was poor against the yeah. Bengals? You know, Burrow was awful and took took the limelight, but yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson was also poor. Anthony Richardson also available, 84.5% of the league. So they're players that could be there for you. However, more likely available targets. Danny Dimes only owned in 69% of the leagues. Purdy only rostered in 51%. That looks criminal considering how well he played last week. Cousins, 84.5%, so still unlikely, but a possibility. Jared Goff, 65.3%. But a player I just wouldn't be able to resist if I had Aaron Rodgers and he got injured. Go to complete the story, the romance of the pickup. Pick up Jordan Love. He was 38.6% of leagues. Big surprise week. Looked one. all right, didn't he? Yeah, he looked okay. Once again, let's not overreact. This might not be. The Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers hangover we've seen before. 
But I think people are expecting him to be awful. And he, he looked quite handy, didn't he? I, I know Tom was nervous, but I think he was pleasantly surprised. Um, hopefully, if you're listening to this upon early release on Wednesday morning, you can get these fab offers in straight away. If not, unlucky, we've already got them. <laughs> That's not the attitude, Mark. Would you like to get competitive, Edward? I think it's probably my highlight of the week. Fantasy Props. Pestle versus Ed. Last week, then, we started with our three-pointers, which was our season-long draft where we had a QB, three wide receivers, two running backs and a tight end. Obviously, I went for that positional advantage by taking the elite tight end, Mr. Travis Kelsey, and by the time I got home, news of his injury had been announced. It was within minutes, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, fortunately, though, Danny Dimes hasn't has done me a massive misservice across True. all the leagues I own him in. This is the one place he had my back. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Mr. Dimes, in this at least one instance. So he's the only place I'm glad that he was bad in. As is tradition, it's your turn to pitch to me this week's fantasy prop. So we've talked about this, and it, Danny Dimes is a part of this prop for you. Ooh. Okay, so we've talked about the, the Giants being angry. We've talked about the Bengals having a better game this week. So let's put that prop to you. So my proposition to you is that Joey B, Joe Burrow, and Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, will both <laughs> bounce back and will both score, and I umdenard about the point, but they will score at least 20 fantasy points this week. Joe Burrow and Danny Dimes bounce back and both score um, at least 20 fantasy points. To help you, the Bengals are at home to the Ravens. Oh, are they? And, That's passed me by. And the Giants are at the Cardinals. Right, I... I was thinking about 15, but I thought, you, I thought you'd take that, but then I thought 20 is a bit more... Ooh, I'm not sure. So... I'm very much, and this has been the history with fantasy props, I'm all about having my cake and eating it. The thing, the sensible approach here is to always back the thing that you don't want to happen, so you've got something to fall back on. But that's not how, it's not a pestle rolls, Ed. I'm going to go for cake and eat it. I'm going to go that Danny Dimes is going to smash that 20-point margin and Joe Burrow is going to be absolutely awful again and get less than 20 points. Nay, less than 15. But I'll stick to your line there because it makes it more probable that I can win. <laughs> I would say that will not happen, that Joey B and Danny Dimes will not both surpass 20-plus fantasy points. And to be honest, I'm not sure which way I would have gone. I think... It's a good line. Yeah, I think I would probably uh, towards your side because I think, you know, I rate the Ravens' defence and, uh, and I think Burrow is still not up to speed. So, so yeah, I, I think I would have just um, edged uh, to your side as well. The Ravens defense, Marcus Williams' injury is the one thing that does concern me in our secondary. Marlon Humphrey, I don't think, will be back either. But Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen look like an absolute monstrous duo. Uh, so I'm hoping they will absolutely hammer little Joey B all the way back to his cigar shop. We'll see how that goes next week then. I'm still hoping this is my bounce back season for fantasy props, as we've uh, explained before, I was very bad last year. But hopefully Joey B does me a favour this time round. Finally then, let's wrap things up. Let's win some cash money with... The Red Zone Accumulator. So a feature from our Sunday Night Bet Club show last year, the Red Zone Accumulator. Basically, all of the games on in the early slate, the six o'clock slate on Red Zone, we will pick the winner for and see what we get on an accumulator. Shall we work through the games and see who we're picking, Ed? Let's do it. Falcons-Packers. I've gone Falcons. Uh, Falcons weren't surprised me. I think they look pretty good. 
Uh, Bijan, Algier, as we've talked about. So, yeah, I'm with you. Let's go Falcons. I think Bijan, Algier are going to continue to get lots of points this year because it doesn't look like the Falcons want Ridder to pass the ball. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not completely convinced by Ridder either. But when you've got, I mean, that one-two punch, Algier and Bijan, you don't need to. They were phenomenal. Next up, Bills and Raiders. I'm going Bills. Yeah, Bill should bounce back uh, after that uh, defeat against the Jets. I haven't seen the highlights, but I'm sure they'll be disappointed losing that uh, divisional game first off. The TH Derby, Bengals v Ravens. I don't like to say it, but I don't know if Bengals can go from such a low floor to winning. I expect them to be better. Well, they better be. <laughs> but uh, I just, I mean, you know, Lamar wasn't amazing. And obviously you've lost Dobbins, but... I, I, if I was going to put money on it, it would be the Ravens right now. I'm going Ravens for the same reason. I think that the Ravens need to shift up a gear, but I think the Bengals need to shift up a couple. And I think the rematch later in the season is going to be far more competitive. And that's where I might worry a bit more at this point. I do think the Ravens edge this one. Lions v Seahawks. This is the sort of game that a couple of years ago would have been absolutely no appeal whatsoever. I'm quite excited for this one. Yeah, it should be a good one. Lions always look good. I think this is a real 50-50 for me. Um, I'd I'd lean towards Lions, but I I don't know. I could be convinced by Seahawks. Gino was disappointing for fancy last week. I think this will be a bit of a bounce back for the Seahawks. So I'm going Seahawks there. Texans v Colts. No, Texans weren't bad. Or were they? I mean, well, you saw more. How bad oh, were they? It, I was never worried. No, it, I mean, and, and I'm sure you'd, you'd admit that Ravens weren't brilliant by any stretch of the imagination and you, you pretty much comfortably dominated I mean, them. Stroud, he looked like a rookie on his first start. So I think that's going to take a while to bed in. I mean, I know they're against the Colts, also had a rookie on the first start, but he looked far more attuned to what's happening on offence. Yeah, I think we've got to go with the Colts. Jags v Chiefs. Um, we spoke earlier. Chiefs fans have been been salty this week. They're so touchy. I mean, it's like it's like they're not allowed to. Uh, they're not allowed to be. You know, the mick taken out of them if they lose. I mean, you lost the lines. You know, the mick gets taken out of you. The the Bengals beat you three times in a row. You get a bit of stick. You know, <laughs> you you give it back when you win two Super Bowls. You know, you can give it back, but it's just like, oh my goodness me! On any Bengals related post this week, <laughs> there was about a hundred Chiefs fans replying. I mean, they, they just need to get out more. Um, little shout out to any Chiefs fans <laughs> yeah, listening. Know, yeah. Ed, Ed loves you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Chiefs, though. Yeah, I think the Chiefs bounce back. Jags, I mean, I was impressed by. And I think Lawrence to Ridley is going to be very exciting this year. But I'm hoping that's a big scoring slugfest between two great quarterbacks. Buccaneers v. the Bears. I was, I was disappointed in the Bears. I, I mean... I, I read an article about Justin Fields and was pretty scathing about Justin Fields not being the real deal and he's the problem with the Bears. But I think that's a bit harsh. Um, difficult. Another 50-50 for me. Probably lean towards the books. I th- I'm going books as well. I mean, Mayfield was serviceable. and I think that's the fair, nicest thing you've ever said yeah. about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he, he's serviceable. Um <laughs> Mike Evans looked all right as well. Godwin was... I mean, no, they're not electric by any means, but I think this is the sort of game where they look a little bit more put together than the Bears do at the minute. I don't think the books are going to be as bad as we thought they might be. I think they might get half a dozen wins. But at the same time, if Fields just erupts with the running game, it could be lights out as well. 
I'm going book so on this one. Yep. I think the books are good against the run, and I think that is was the only positives you could see for the Bears last week. Finally, Titans v Chargers. I hate the Titans, so I'm going for the Chargers. That's easy for me. The Chargers win that. Uh, Herbert looked good. He's, he's, he's got all his weapons around him. That should be comfortable. So I think, are we agreed on all of those? I think, um, no, which was the one we disagreed on? Lions, Seahawks. I went Lions, you went Seahawks. But apart from that, we're, we're agreed. Well, they are pretty much evens as well. So my odds come back as 130.04. A pound gets £130. Yours would get you 128 Pretty much even on there, that one game, and it won't come down to that one game. We'll have probably got all of the other ones wrong. <laughs> so no. we shall see. Any regular listens to the Sunlight Bet Club last year know that this was not our forte. Although we did have two wins. One of those was when I did it all by myself. Yeah. So what you're saying is that I'm even worse than you. Yep. <laughs> right. That is the end of the week two preview. As we said, your one-stop shop, a little bit of looking back, a little bit looking forward, a little bit of betting. We hope you had a lovely time joining us today. Have you had a nice time, Ed? I feel a bit more cheery now after my miserable start. So, yeah, I feel much better. Thank you. Didn't you. Sound, Thank you. You didn't sound very cheery talking about the Chiefs, but I think you got it out of your system. No, I, I, no, don't. So, so I was about to start again. <laughs> no, no, there's the lovely Chiefs fans, by the way. It's just some, it's the social media people. <laughs> the social media, media people. people. <laughs> so, sorry, Grandad. <laughs> we will be back with you in a couple of days for Fancy Five and also keep an eye out for the DFS show with Johnny B, Dowie and Riku and get yourself involved in the DraftKings League as well. But that is for the week ahead. All that remains to be said now, Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.